two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He's on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm excited about today's guest. Ian Rowe has been fighting against the victimhood narrative with kids, and he's done some pretty creative things in his charter schools. I know we're going to learn a lot from Ian and his experience today. I am hoping to learn a lot as a mom of a freshman in high school. I know he's got a bunch of freshmen in high school that he's monitoring every day. So <laughs> I'm excited. He's a senior fellow at American Enterprise Institute and the founder of Vertex Partnership Academies. Ian, welcome to the podcast. Tutor, it's so great to have you. And I didn't know that you had a freshman in high school. So yes, lots for us to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this year it was her first day of school and she, she came out of school and I said, so how was it? And she was, she looked right at me and she said, I hated it. And I was like, I want to tell you it's going to get better, but it's high school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, why'd she hate it? She, I think it was just first day, but she's getting into her vibe now and and her friend group and all of that. But I want to talk about that because I think it is hard to find your path these days in high school. And I think kids are being drawn down several different pathways and getting confused. And there's a lot of noise with social media and phones and all of that. And you've done a good job of kind of creating a four point plan for those kids. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, you're right. I mean, being a young person, I mean, being a young person always, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old, finding your path in the world, your identity, all of those things. But for today's kids, there's so many competing forces and there's so many voices that are coming into your world. And there's no doubt that social media, uh, you know, the TikTok, Instagram, all of those sort of, you know, as you as a parent, you now have a lot less control over what your kids are consuming Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis. And it's kind of imparting ideas that you either have no idea about or B, might be ideas that you're not supportive of. So, you know, young people, you know, so we've just launched a new high school that you just mentioned. It's a virtues-based high school in the Bronx. Um, 
you know, almost all low-income kids, black and Hispanic kids, and, you know, who were dealing with lots of stressors in their lives. And we wanted to create an oasis here, you know, an oasis focused on academic rigor, a virtues-based education. So our entire school is organized around the virtues of courage, justice, temperance, and wisdom. And we can define what those four things um, mean in the lives of our kids. But one of the things that we did was to create this kind of oasis for our students is that we said that, you know, basically everything bad <laughs> that starts almost always is initiated on social media, whether it be texting mm -hmm. and, yes. uh, and we just, we've just seen the world in which our students are growing up in, they have to have 24 seven access to these devices. And we said, you know what? Well, when it comes to school, that's at the school door, that's got to end. So we, we had adopted a policy this year. We opened last year in 2022. We actually allowed kids to bring their phones in and it was a disaster. You know, it was just, it was a constant distraction. You know, teachers were running around always trying to like find the kid that was using um, their devices. And we decided this year, there's something called the yonder pouch. And we said that every cell phone, every Apple watch, Every AirPod has to go into um, this pouch. At the beginning of the day, it's locked by the school and doesn't get unlocked until the end of the day. And it's quite amazing what has uh, been achieved in the environment of our school, which is that it's a lot calmer. Kids are much more focused on academics. They're not dealing with all the drama that comes along with all the texting and social media and so for the eight, nine hours of our school day for our students, it's like an oasis. And we're, we're showing to them that you can live without uh, these devices. And it's really empowering. It, it's a good lesson because you realize that for so many kids, um, it's, it's the peer pressure that they're actually responding to, the need for these devices. It's not the devices themselves. And so we've actually found that students are... Um, it's just a much more refreshing. It's probably freeing to be away from it. It's, it's liberating. It's liberating, yes. you know, and I, and I, you had asked me about the four principles and I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment, but it, it is something that we've recently instituted at the beginning of this school year. Kids were initially like, Oh my God, what am I going to do without my devices? And even some parents were like, how am I going to con contact? I was going to say, kid? because that's the problem in our school. The parents are like, no, 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 you can't take the phone away from my kid. Yeah. But you know what? Somehow, parents survived for centuries, <laughs> right? And there is still a phone. And so if something happens and a parent really needs to get in touch with their kid, they call the school and we find the kid and the connection is made. You know, Thomas Sowell, a great uh, economist and social scientist says, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. And so if someone allows cell phones into the school, to be able to allow parents to be able to contact your kid immediately in those very, very rare instances, well, that comes along with a lot of other baggage. So we're willing to take the trade-off of not having the cell phones and come up with practical uh, solutions or trade-offs so that we don't bring in the rest of the baggage. And I think it's just uh, one we, of the Let me just say, we just had this conversation in our house last night because my seventh grader was telling me that they were in study groups in science. And she said, you know, my group was studying. That's what she said. 
Who knows? She claims her group was studying. (laughs) (laughs) She said the group next to them was looking stuff up on their phone. And the boy in her group said, get off your phone and to get the teacher's attention. And then the teacher zooms in and they immediately, she said, but he didn't catch them because they immediately put the phone away. And I thought, I cannot imagine trying to teach in this environment where kids are sneaking and they have a pathway to so many things through that phone that are going to distract them from actually learning. No, no. And this is the thing. It's not just, I mean, we say that, you know, kind of laughing and joking, but this has real deleterious effect on kids. Right. Yeah. Not, only, not only just from the pure distraction perspective, that's an issue, but then it's all the other stuff that they are now consuming, which is creating a very distorted view of the world. And that can be issues around sexuality, even the explosion in transgender students, suddenly these, these massive numbers of students who are now identifying as things other than their, their biological sex, that didn't just come from nowhere. A lot of that is triggered by the social contagion that occurs because of too much access to social media devices, which are not policed at all by parents who would probably want to govern some of these messages that are coming into kids. And so we just thought, again, is there a way that we can actually create an environment that removes kids from all that kind of pressure. And we think we've done it. And our hope is that this can, can, be, can become a model for lots of other schools. I mean, even New York State has just, they're now playing with legislation that they may make it uh, required that a student and any kid 18 or under um, or under 18 will require parental permission to be able to access TikTok or Instagram uh, or Snapchat so there is a growing recognition that these um, devices plus the media apps that go along with it are often actually the source of a lot of the mental health issues that a lot of our students are dealing with today. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com tutor. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Something I just realized about a year ago that maybe I'm naive, but I think that a lot of parents don't really know what's happening on these phones because we didn't have them growing up and everything. These apps change constantly. So my again, my seventh grader one day says to me, you got to give my phone back to me because I'm going to I'm going to lose my streak. And I'm like, what? what? I don't even know what you're talking about. So the apps build in these snap streaks. Like if you're on Snapchat, you have a streak with your friend and that means you have to snap your friend every single day. Correct. And you, if you lose your streak, you can actually pay real money to get your streak back. Yes. Well, that is addictive, right? The designers of these applications, often gamers, um, are, are quite effective at using these, um, ideologies and technologies that generate what we call stickiness, where you have this perverse incentive to engage every single day. And, you know, and parents, as just as you said, most parents probably got cell phones or these devices so that kids could stay in touch, so they could be a phone call away, that they could text. It's just that now those devices come along with all of these other things, which are ultimately harmful in our view uh, to children. And they're just not yet ready. And why not create an oasis, especially at school? Because frankly, we don't control what happens after they leave. But our hope is that they're learning that they can survive without these devices. And so, mm, you, know, that's a good point. you know, we can create a rigorous environment during the school day. Kids realize that they can survive without devices and that they can focus on learning. And, you know, that's just the foundation. But we thought it was really important just given the realities that young people are, are dealing with. And you found that this, that actually led to higher test scores in your school. So it must be having some impact on oh, yeah. them in school, just having that freedom. No question. No question. I mean, it, it's the beginning, but our kids are doing well, which we're very excited by. Um, we're a uh, uh, what's called an international baccalaureate high school. Uh, so that's a, a very rigorous academic program, you know, in an environment where these kinds of curricula are not typically offered to students. So the, the last thing we wanted to do is create an environment with multiple distractions where it's already hard enough to be successful. So, um, you know, and it's also uh, because we're a virtues-based model, so I should probably talk about that a little. We also have rewards based on our kids uh, doing the right thing. So like our, 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 our school is organized around courage, justice, temperance and wisdom. And those are the four cardinal virtues and taken from the Latin word cardo, which means hinge. 
So this idea that these four virtues are the hinge upon which all other standards of moral excellence are built, right? So, you know, anything around character somehow comes back to these four cardinal virtues. So like courage, I reject victimhood and boldly persevere even in times of uncertainty and struggle, you know, or temperance. I lead my life with self-discipline because I am responsible for my learning and behavior. And the whole idea is that our young people, first, they memorize these words in their head, but ultimately it's learned in the heart in terms of how they actually conduct, conduct themselves on a day-to-day -day basis. So these are the underlying virtues that we want to create an environment that can be focused. They can know how to practice courage in their life. They're reading books like our canon. Our curricula is organized around these four cardinal virtues. So the whole idea is that we just want our kids to be focused, that they have agency. You know, our, the, the, um, the motto for our school is that there are no victims in our school. There are only architects of their own lives. And so we just want to create an environment in which they can actually make that happen for themselves. We see victimhood in schools, I mean, taught in schools a lot. What do you think is the point of teaching victimhood to kids now? It's a very interesting question. There is this sort of perverse ideology that um, there's power in victimhood. You know, and our young people are, in, in my view, and I've written a whole book, Agency, about this topic where, you know, I run schools because I want our students to know that they can do hard things. And yet we're at a time in our country where their kids are getting the exact opposite message, that you can't do hard things. There are all these systems that are rigged against you. And I put it in the context of what I call these two meta-narratives that I think are driving victimhood. One is an ideology that says blame the system, and another is an ideology that says blame the victim. In a blame the system narrative or ideology, that's the idea that if you're not successful in the United States, it's because America itself is an inherently oppressive nation. That based on your race, your gender, some other immutable characteristic, you're gonna be discriminated against. Like, and, and these systems are so rigged, so discriminatory, so powerful that you as an individual are powerless, right? It could be that capitalism itself is evil. It's like all these institutions, critical race theory, anti-racism, all of these are ideas that say there are these sort of silent and not so silent systems that are designed for your destruction. And obviously, if you're 10 years old and living in the South Bronx and you hear this message over and over and over and over again about how these systems are designed for your failure, you're going to start to believe that. And it's kind of this idea of learned helplessness. So that obviously robs you of a sense of agency and that you're kind of a victim until some other force like reparations or some other government intervention swoops in to save you. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's the blame the system narrative. And on the other hand, I, I call this blame the victim narrative, which says, if you're not successful in this country, it's not, America's not the problem. America's the land of gold, where the streets are paved with gold. No, no, you're the problem. Like, you should have pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. You have some pathology. You know, you, um, you are, you were the crafter of your own failure. And of course, 
that's really hard because if you're seven and you're growing up in a district like here in the Bronx, mm-hmm. where only 7% of kids graduate from high school ready for college, and there's a legislative barrier which stops people from opening up new schools, like a seven-year-old can't solve that problem, right? But between these two narratives, that's, our, that's, the, that's the bell for our school. Between these two narratives of blame the system and blame the victim, in my view, that's robbing young people of a sense that they can lead a self-determined life. And so I, I've right. written a book called Agency, which is all about how do we break, how do we provide an empowering alternative to young people that they can embrace? And throughout my you know, 30 years of working in schools, working with every kind of kid, rich kid, poor kid, white kids, black kids, Asian kids, Hispanic kids, homeless shelter kids. Um, I've just seen young people grow up in pretty tough circumstances and essentially recreate the same um, disadvantage that they experienced as a young person. But I've also seen other kids in those same exact conditions make different sets of decisions where they were able to break the cycle of disadvantage. And the question of my life has been, what makes the difference? Like, what is it, what is it that was different about those kids that were able to chart a different path? And then in, in my experience, those students had a sense of personal agency. They had a belief that they could be the greatest influence over their own destiny. And typically they embraced four pillars, family, religion, education and entrepreneurship and by family i mean not the family that you came from no matter whatever family you came from you were on the pathway to form a strong family that's why we teach the success sequence in our schools which you might be familiar with that's data that says if you um, finish just a high school degree get a full-time job of any kind just so you learn the dignity and discipline of work and then if you have children marriage first, 97% of millennials who follow that series of decisions avoid poverty. And the vast majority enter the middle class or beyond. So we teach that in our school as, a, as an empowering strategy that young people um, who've been successful in my observation have typically been on that path. And that's just one of the lessons, you know, religion. Young people who've been successful, who've been able to break the cycle of disadvantage usually had some kind of personal faith commitment in their own lives. They, they had a moral understanding of right versus wrong, typically learned from studying uh, a religion. And it almost didn't matter what religion, but that they were part of a, a group of people, a community of people who were part of rituals, whether it be going to church on Sunday, but expected them to live up to a moral code of right and wrong. You know, in my other observation, education, you know, so it's family, religion, education, typically kids who broke the cycle of disadvantage benefited from some kind of educational freedom or school choice or going to a charter school like ours. And if you were typically on a path to form a strong family, had a personal faith commitment, benefited from educational freedom, that usually led to the last E in free, which is entrepreneurship that you're typically a problem solver in your own life, that when challenges come, you don't just succumb, you don't just shrink back, you devise strategies, you tap into the networks that you've built into. And so that's what we're trying to cultivate with our students, that you're the architect of your own life, you know, that yes, there will be all sorts of barriers that every person faces, 
from the richest kid to the poorest kid, from a black kid to a white kid. Um, but you're in a position where you don't have to be, you don't have to succumb to the conditions in which you are living. And that's what our school is all about in showing that there is an empowering alternative. Well, you talked about reparations for a second there, and I know there's been a big push for that. And we've had many bills across the country that have been introduced on reparations, but you don't think that that's the oh, answer, disastrous. do you? It's to be disastrous. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea, um, and, and, you know, typically people who are advocating for reparations often talk about the racial wealth gap as the proof for why reparations are necessary. So if you, for example, look at the 2019 survey of consumer finances, you will see that the median wealth of the average white family is about $160,000 more than the median wealth of the average black family. And for some, that's it. You know, mic drop. That's the proof. That's a proof of historical discrimination and present day discrimination. So therefore, why every black American just needs to get $160,000 from the government And then that's just the beginning. The problem is, if you look at that same 2019 survey of consumer finances, you will see that if you take just two other factors into account, education and family structure, the story is completely different. The median wealth, Mm, the median wealth of the average black married college educated family is about $160,000 more than the median wealth of the average white single parent family. Now, the reason that's important for young people to know is that there are factors beyond race that are far more determinative of what your life outcomes will be. And those factors are in your control. Things like the level of education that you attain, the family structure that you form, the personal faith commitment that you have. And so I'm a big believer in teaching those strategies as a way for you to fulfill your individual potential, as opposed to these top-down government solutions, which are all of the track record of, of money just being handed to citizens creates dependency, creates idleness, perpetuates the very things that we're all trying to fight against. So I'm a, I'm a big opponent of, of ideas like reparations because I think it's actually destructive for the very people that you're intending um, to, um, you know, to support, you know, um, and, and, and why should uh, the son of a wealthy black couple suddenly be entitled to money where there's, mm. you know, a white kid in Appalachia or other parts of the country you know, so not only it would it would also call yeah. you know cause a civil war, much less um, the fact that it's ineffective policy as it is. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. 
or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com tutor. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts how could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me ask you a little bit about faith, because my kids go to a faith-based school, and to us, that is that is very important. And I do see that the kids in the faith-based school, they they tend to lead a, go down a different path. I mean, not always, but they, they you're right. There's definitely a different moral compass there. Um, if you have kids that come into your school and they don't have that opportunity, they've never had faith introduced to them. How do you talk to them about this? How do you introduce faith or how do you get them to be curious about faith? Yeah, it's a really good question because we are a public charter school. So we can't operate in the same way it sounds like your faith-based school mm-hmm. is that you send your your kids to. But we can introduce in, in to some degree a secular um, idea that um, when you look at successful people or successful factors there's all sorts of data around what are the factors that led to that success. So you can actually look at data of young people who've had a personal faith commitment, go to church or, you know, you know, practice a religion in some way. And the data is overwhelming. There's actually a great book, I think called um, 
God grades and graduation that came out in the last couple of years that shows the difference in life outcomes for young people who have a personal faith commitment versus those that don't. So you can act, you can talk about faith and what it means in your life without proselytizing, right? So you, you can, you can say to a young person, you know, as you make decisions over the course of the next 10 years of your life around, around relationships, around education, around work, even around religious study, we can share data with our students that says, these are the outcomes for young people who adopted a certain religion, practiced it in a certain way, and these are the outcomes. And, also, and, and here, here are outcomes for kids who haven't, right? And, but the ultimately, you decide. You're the architect of your own life. So we can do it um, in such a way that we're not proselytizing in a given religion because we are a public charter school. But there's still ways to introduce the idea. And what's interesting is that for a lot of our families, at least here in the Bronx, a lot of our students actually come from families where there is a faith story. So it's not, in some ways, a lot of our parents are choosing our school because of the thing. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because we're organized around the cardinal virtues, which for some, you know, there, there is sort of a Christianity-based um, uh, sort of foundation, even though courage, justice, temperance, and wisdom are secular. Um, but I think many parents actually like that. They like that there's a grounding in these virtues of moral excellence. And so I think, I think there are more and more families that if we shared with them, um, here's the benefits or not of practicing um, a faith commitment in your life. And here's, we're not, we're not saying you must do it, but we're sharing with your kids, this is what the likely outcomes are. I think most parents and kids would appreciate being empowered to then make decisions in their own lives. Absolutely. You talk about being empowered. You also have the kids recite I am statements. Ah, yes. That's something that's important. And to me, I think that's very important because I think so many of our kids today are told to say, I am depressed. I am suffering from anxiety. I am unsure of who I am. And those can really, I am statements can be powerful both directions. And I think when you talked about social media, a lot of those places kids end up, those dark corners are giving them really negative I am statements. But you talk about how to empower kids with those statements. Tell us, a, before I let you go, if you can, tell us a little bit about that because yeah. I'd love to hear about it. Well, yeah, because we, we want our students to get a sense of what we mean by these cardinal virtues. So like, so the I statement, for example, with justice, I uphold our common humanity mm -hmm. and honor the inherent dignity of each individual. Those are powerful words. And even when you see all the conflict going on in the world right now, part of the issue is that people aren't honoring the inherent dignity of each individual. That's why it makes you capable of doing these horrific things that we're seeing. So we want to teach our students that you don't, don't, you don't have to go down that path. But part of the way to do that is to not just say these words, courage, justice, you know, temperance and wisdom, but define them and then pick books and literature and have experiences where we can have these I statements play out in the real world. And so our young people internalize what it means to reject victimhood, you know, it's our, our for courage and boldly persevere, even in times of uncertainty and struggle. You're not a victim. You have agency. 
you have power. One of the poems that our students are going to learn is Invictus by William Ernest Henley. If you've never read this poem, it's an incredible allegory about overcoming adversity. But the last two lines of this poem are, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. It's just so energizing when you're seeing a group of students saying these words because it's not just words. It's what they believe about their lives and they know that they have power. It's not, it doesn't mean that they're not going to face obstacles, but they know that they have the ability to overcome those obstacles. And for us, you know, it starts with the virtues, the I statements, you know, even the cell phone policy, so they're not distracted. It's like all of these things together is how you create a culture of moral excellence, academic excellence, um, and behavioral excellence. And so that's what we are seeking to achieve here. And, you know, I'm just excited for the opportunity to share it. Oh, I mean, this has been so enlightening, honestly, even as a parent, just thinking about these things and talking to my kids in a different way. But, you know, it's funny because I'm sitting here thinking about this and I'm like, everything you're saying, I could easily step back and say, well, this is pretty common sense. I mean, it seems pretty obvious, but we have gotten so oh, far boy. away from this. 100%. That we, it's like an anomaly to see someone talking like this. And I just think the blessing you are to the students in the Bronx is awesome. And thank you for doing this. Thank you for sharing this with us today, because I know that the people who are listening are going to walk away from this and go, man, I need to make some changes with my kids <laughs> yes. or with the kids I'm teaching, but good positive changes. I mean, I am, I'm like, I'm going to go home and talk to my kids about talking about themselves like this, you know, mm. knowing that they can overcome, because I think we started this with my daughter saying that about high school. And honestly, I really was like, man, high school's tough, but that's exactly what she needs to say. I can get through yes, this. exactly. I will get through right, this. and then we help them with the strategies to do that. Young people want to succeed. You know, I think yeah. I think sometimes we as adults just fall down on the job, and and we refuse to impart these messages like, oh yeah, you're such a victim. Oh, the mental trauma. <laughs> you know, and it's like we've forgotten. It's terrible. We've forgotten our, the importance of our role as parents, as grownups, as the adults. Who yeah, I think know sometimes we are even saying, you think you've had a bad day, I've had a bad, you know, it's, like, yeah, it's easy to get sucked in. It's the oppression Olympics. You know, we, we start to, yeah. we valorize victimhood over achievement yes. and determination. And we are determined here. Look, you can, you can, like Martin Luther King said during the civil rights era, you know, you know, you can be a victim, but that doesn't mean you have to take on a victim mindset. It's very important, very important. You can face adversity, face trauma, but the moment that you succumb, that you, and this is Viktor Frankl, you know, Man's Search for Meaning, which is an incredible book about when he was in the Holocaust. He said, the one thing you always own, no one can take it away from you, is your ability to respond to a tough situation. You may not be able to, to control the environment around you, but you control your ability to respond to it. It's such a simple and subtle, but fundamentally important message for our kids for how you can gain control and overcome whatever challenge you face in your life. 
So much so. I love it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. And thank you for taking me to school today, <laughs> yeah. Ian Rowe. I appreciate it. Really quick before we go, where can people get your book? Oh, well, my book agency is everywhere. It's, done, it's on Amazon, Goodreads, Barnes & Noble. But uh, it's it's a great book. And, it, you know, it's all about how to help young people overcome the victimhood narrative and discover their own pathway to power. And I lay out mm. uh, my framework around family, religion, education, and entrepreneurship. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I have to say I'm really pleased at how folks are responding to it because it's a direct answer to a lot of the nihilistic, in my view, destructive uh, narratives that are out there hurting kids. And this is something much more empowering and inspiring. Yeah, because I'd say even if you think you're immune to it or your kids are immune to it, there are forces out there that are finding them. Yes. And you need to be that person in their corner telling them they can overcome. 100%. And so I appreciate you. I'm so grateful you came on. Ian Rowe, make sure you check out his book. And we'd love to have you back sometime. Okay. Thank you very much, Tudor. Yes. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon podcast for this episode and others go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or head over to the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to fourpatriots.com/tutor to get your solar generator. Now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Salt and pepper? Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.